Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to episode 67 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I, uh, by the way, that sounded like I was really down on myself there, but I'm not. No, yeah, just a little bit. more a reflection on the film. Joining us tonight, she is the director of such shorts as 42 Counts, The Stylist, and the upcoming Fright Fest selection, One Last Meal. We are welcoming back Jill Gavargazian. Jill, hello. Hello, hello. I am so excited to be back. <laughs> we are excited to have you back, Jill. Uh, and by a special invitation uh, to continue uh, something that we started a few episodes ago now, um, when you came on to discuss Anaconda, we thought, why not? continue down this path and take a look at the sequels <laughs> yes we did set this plan out before we knew what we were getting ourselves <laughs> it was just about to be my question it's like that seemed like a great idea at the time how are you feeling about it now <laughs> you know what i still stand by it and i want to keep going after this <laughs> That's what I, like to I mean it can only get better from here surely <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. So, yeah. One of them's got David Hasselhoff in it. We've not got there yet. So, uh, that's going to be an upward spike. That's true. That's true. So, Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Yes. Yeah. Anaconda's, okay? Spoil. Spoiler alert in the title. <laughs> yeah, because the presence of the second snake is very much a like second act twist. <laughs> not for us. Yeah, everyone else in the film is uh, completely surprised by the presence of uh, additional snakes, but uh, not anyone who has read the box. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the title could have just been Anacondas because that's already taking it up a notch from Anaconda. Yeah, that would have done. Um, True, done. but then uh, we the, they've had to add the MacGuffin of the search for the, uh, the Blood Orchid. Exactly. Uh, which uh, takes up a lot of time. The hunt for the blood. Oh, apologies. <laughs> apologies. Already... It's great if you look at the poster on IMDb and it says like Anaconda is huge. And then in very small lettering because it's so <laughs> long, the hunt for the blood orchid. Amazing. Um, the, so I'm just realizing this has thrown me for a loop completely because this is normally the time where I would be like, Jill, so uh, why did you choose this film? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about your relationship with it and stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, I, can't, I feel like I can't do any of that because we all just watched this for the first time right now. I guess I'll kind of explain that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone who didn't see listen to the other episode hardcore anaconda fan so by relation i have to naturally defend anything connected to anaconda (laughs) (laughs) um right this is the point again also where i would normally make the guest do a 30 second synopsis but because none of us technically chose this film i think it might be fun to make andy do it Oh, uh, okay. I have put 30 seconds on the clock. You're, oh, doing you're, the, right you're, the, you're in control of time. I'm the you? master of time, okay, yes. You're so happy with yourself. Come on, okay. you're going to do this? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, go. Anacondas, the blood, uh, hunt for the blood, blood orchid, pulls together a cast of people who are vaguely similar to the cast of people that we come to meet in the first one. Uh, they head <laughs> off into Borneo, where anacondas don't live. Uh, to uh, find this orchid that will prolong people's lives uh, and uh, along the way encounter many, many anacondas and an annoying monkey. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that. That was 21 seconds. So it's all in style. I like it. (laughs) And a monkey. That fucking monkey. That fucking monkey, I swear to God. Let's just jump right into this thing. Uh, So reprising their original roles from the first film are nobody. (laughs) Here, but wait. What you said about how the whole cast is just vaguely reminds you of the characters from the first movie is so right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for they totally don't have a, no one can be like John Voight of this movie. Like they, they don't even try. Well, really. I, I feel no. like they're pushing the, uh, 
the Australian guy. I was I Livingston. Was, I was almost sure it was going to be him. Yeah, but uh, no, he he's got us. Oh yeah, well, we yeah we, we barely saw. Ended up seeing him. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, so certain he was going to be like a main player because his introduction. They spent so much time on his introduction and kind of built him up, and then he literally died in the second scene that we saw him. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, I don't even know if we should talk about that yet, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, we can get to it. You're right. No, but okay, like, right. Uh, did you notice it starts with really terrible kind of stock filters from After Effects? <laughs> Wait, where where like it's like this target on the screen yeah, moving. Yeah, that's and, exactly like, it. <laughs> presenting the new title, I was like, oh, I bet this was super cool. Maybe in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> but then I had a moment of excitement because the film jumps right into the jungle and. We don't really have context that doesn't tell us where we are no. or anything like that, but we just saw tribes people, and I was like, yeah, it's the Shiri Shama, yeah! Shiri Shama. And then they were, like, they were like hunting a tiger, and I was like, huh, you definitely don't get tigers in the Amazon. And then I was very confused. Yeah, no, it's an unspecified rainforest with an unspecified tribe. <laughs> <laughs> we will come to know, though, that they are the... Uh, the Lopaks. The Lopaks. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Uh, and we learn we're in, like, Indonesia, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say again, I did mention it in my 30-second synopsis, anacondas do not live in Borneo. So the film is wrong immediately. That's disappointing. Everything else was hanging together so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we right away, you know, jump right into snake vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That kill. <laughs> yeah um yeah well one of the lopaks falls in the water is dragged away by a kind of unseen creature that is yes probably a snake <laughs> under the circumstances i mean context clues mitch would point to that being the case <laughs> yeah 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 that, that was deducible from context <laughs> but um i will say that even though the, the about the credits the the director's title card was actually beautiful. It was like over water with all the like blood orchid petals falling behind it. I was like, this is too beautiful of a title card for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, probably as good as a uh, director Dwight Little could have hoped for. Yeah, do we know anything else about Dwight Little? I know his name's Dwight Little. Strong. Well, I looked at his list, his resume, good. and um. He has directed like a shitload of TV, and it's like a decent amount of like good TV. Not really many other films. I right. think that's probably how he's wound up with the majority of the cast he's got. Because Morris Chestnut, although he's done things like Kickass, he's primarily a television actor. Matthew Marsden started in UK soap opera Coronation Street, mm-hmm. had a pretty limited uh, pop. Career? A very limited pop career, in, yeah. Here in the UK, and then did a bunch of TV in America. Did popped up in things like CSI. So I think uh, I I would think if you looked at Dwight Little's CV, there would probably be some overlap there with things like CSI and ER. Yeah, this movie has that uh, <laughs> that feeling of like I don't even know how to describe. It. Yeah, cheesy TV. Oh yeah, <laughs> like. They're like glossy, sheened, everything, and everyone is like sexy and sweaty all the time. I don't know. I was. I, I have another note here that like every actor in here looks like a soap opera actor. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. A largely attractive cast, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Across the board, um, a lot of glistening fr- flesh. Morris Chestnut's head uh, alone is beautiful to look at. <laughs> Um, speaking of, yeah, we kind of meet him here because we cut straight from uh, the jungle to uh, the urban jungle. Yeah, sure, in- the concrete <laughs> jungle. Yeah. Um, that horrible office scene. It's like, I don't even know why it looks so bad. <laughs> it was like, right, we'll, we'll just film this quickly so we have a bit of an idea of the MacGuffin that takes us to Borneo. Um, so yeah, we find out here that, uh, did we get, anyone got a read on the company name? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we ever... We don't know anything about this company. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but uh, they seem to be a, a, a large, multinational, kind of evil, big farm-type yes. company. And uh, they are discussing the medical benefits of perennia... Sorry. Perennia <laughs> immortalis? That's the one. Perennia immortalis. Yeah, the, the blood orchid, which uh, blooms six months every seven years. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that changes halfway through the film to only blooming for six weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good idea. <laughs> uh, uh, no one cares. 
I, we learn everything we need to learn in this very beautiful scene, though, <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> Is is like it's an incredible expositional rush job. This scene, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then like the boss man at the end of the tables, like get your asses down to Borneo. What is it called? Borneo, Borneo, yeah, Borneo. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I love the fact that um, at the end of that, when he's kind of, like, oh yeah, we can go and we can go get it now. Uh, we only have two weeks left. The clock is ticking. It's like, <laughs> thank you. This is, I'm sure, this is all going to be useful down the road. And then eventually, rather than kind of being like, oh, you might want to like talk to some people who could, who might be experts in this field, can maybe go do this for you. He's just like, no, you executive, <laughs> you are going. <laughs> You're personally overseeing this very dangerous mission. Much to her chagrin, she uh, enters much she kind of approaches the earlier on in this film a bit like uh, Bridget Fonda in Lake Placid where she's completely out of her depth and she hates every moment but by the end of it she's like a total action woman are we talking about Gail here yeah sorry yeah yeah fake J-Lo <laughs> fake J-Lo yes yeah, I have fake J-Lo written down as well. Um, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of like, uh, we, because the next thing, we're kind of all assembling. And we meet a Gordon, Gordon, Morris, Chetna, uh, Morris Chestnut's character, uh, meets, yeah, Gail Stern, who you're right, comes off kind of like, uh, she kind of like toughens up quite a bit as it goes through, but yeah, kind of feels like a little bit kind of, uh, a little kind of flappy here. And uh, I think Sam Rogers, who we also meet here, is kind of a little bit blonde. nothing. Yep, just blonde. And uh, we meet Bill Johnson, hard-nosed hunter slash tracker who is doing another wonderful Quint impression um, from Jaws here in the early running. Uh, he will find you the Blood Orchid, Mitch, for 50 grand if you're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. For that, you'll get the stem, the leaves, the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think of all the characters that we meet here, I think because Bill is obviously, he's kind of... Uh, his business operation is not entirely above board because the transaction for getting his services to take them upriver. Yes, upriver past those famous uh, upriver waterfalls. But... <laughs> 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 yeah, this this entire section where where they kind of like they have to go to this kind of like shady that like club. Yeah, yeah, the shady Borneo hip hop speakeasy, um, where they go to have like all the transactions stuff like that. That whole thing is again, it's just kind of it's so clunky and cringe. But also, I I hate Bill. But no, what do you mean you hate Bill? How can you hate Bill? He's pure alpha. Um, no, I just do. I just think like I um uh, straight off the bat, um, he's like he's a great arrogant guy archetype. I think. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, sure. but somehow I feel like like I hated him at first, but throughout the film. <laughs> they get you to like him. <laughs> I'm laughing that this actually was worked on me. I'm realizing as I say it out loud. <laughs> the, le- the, the more heroic feats that he pulls off, the less clothes he has on. Jello was like, I kind of like this guy. I was like, guy okay, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know what? I think this guy's I mean, just misunderstood. He's, he's, exactly. He just needs to wear more white shirts that are super tight. Sure. sweating in the jungle. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> just to round out our kind of quick whip round of the characters here, we meet Cole, who's the kind of geekier version of Ice Cube. Yeah, he, he very quickly establishes himself as a smart by a smart guy of the group by immediately finding the fastest route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we also have Tran, who uh, knows the jungle like the back of his hand, mm-hmm. and we meet Dr. Ben Douglas, smooth operator. Starts off very, very heavily with the most Hispanic accent that a man called Ben Douglas has ever had, <laughs> and then drops it in the very next scene. That first scene, I felt like he was super creepy, and then they try to act like he's just a normal dude for the rest of the movie. Like, when he like is looking at Sam and to... I think it's to Cole, like, is like, oh, you don't have a chance with her. <laughs> and he says something like, there's always a way. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, uh... <laughs> uh it's, it's, it's really, really gross. Also, I'm pretty sure that... Who's he talking to at that point? Is it Cole? Uh, I can't remember, uh, to be quiet. I think so. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, 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 it's not a pertinent detail at all. But basically, um, at that point, I think when, he, when they're talking about that, and he's talking about the fact that, yeah, he wants to kind of really... He wants to get with uh, Sam. Uh, whoever it is that he's talking to says something like, that's one car you're not going to scratch. One car? I'm all like that's what the subtitle said. You, you should make it your mission not to scratch cars. <laughs> like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> Unless you drive a monster truck. Yeah. And you are leaping onto cars. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I also want to take a second to talk about while we're doing character introductions, we meet potentially my least favorite character in the whole thing at this point. When uh, Gail gets on the boat, she's kind of taking a look at her kind of sleeping quarters, and then not, she get- not a fan of squalor. No, I don't care for it either. I gotta say, <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets jump scared by Kong the monkey in a scene that looks very much like someone throwing a stuffed monkey at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he credited on IMDb? I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Kong. I didn't catch it and just kept writing the monkey in my notes. Oh, yeah, no, the monkey's name was Kong, I'm pretty sure. At this moment, I have written, this is the best character in the film. I hope he survives. And then I would say probably on my next page, I'm like, get that fucking monkey out of here. That monkey has <laughs> given too much to do. Dude, uh... no. <laughs> the scene where we're following the monkey, where we think he's going to die... I was literally writing, please don't let this monkey die. (laughs) (laughs) I I just kept saying it much. I wonder how many times they had to like hold up filming because the monkey was jacking off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, when like right right around this time, I always think that when you kind of have to establish like camaraderie in amongst like troops and situations like this, like I think another good example of it in a film that we've done before would be like Deep Rising and stuff like that. I always think it's like really, really lame. Uh, And I think that this is no exception. But also, see, when they're kind of like all kind of gathered around and they're having their meal on the first night, Mm -hmm. and uh, Kong keeps trying to steal the banana, and they're like, oh, hey, you've already had your dinner. Get out of here, you bozo. And then a minute later, he comes back and does it again. I was like, at that point, the monkey felt so much like comic relief i was kind of waiting for him to be voiced by gilbert gottfried (laughs) (laughs) now we have to keep him around for multiple fake out snake scares by the way yeah and some really good shock face reactions as well (laughs) he is a good actor (laughs) he's one of the best actually because uh uh, bill johnson has some terrible monologues really really bad they try to give him one-liners like voice lines but that's true. You just can't top it. No, God, good God, no. Um, but you touched on something a minute ago, Joe. There's it like a scene where Kong uh, gets kind of stranded. Like he gets off the boat and he's watching the boat go away into the distance, and he's kind of chasing after it. And that's the point where uh, we get our first glimpse of uh, one of the slithery bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it does very much look as if uh, Kong is a. Uh, as snake food here. I know. I was very concerned. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Until later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's out of it for just long enough for you to kind of assume that he's been eaten. Yeah. The tragedy is that he didn't get to finish his papaya that he was working on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really sad that he was just going to be stuck on the side, and the boat just kept going on without him. <laughs> I mean, that there's a real, there's a real sadness to that, but in many ways, if it hadn't been for the the snake there then perhaps it would have been the best place for kong mm, maybe maybe because <laughs> it really does get quite scary for a monkey uh after that it's such a beautifully tragic moment you just described right there <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's absolutely hilarious next um, when they're kind of on the boat and they're moving and um, Gail, I'm not entirely sure how this actually happens, but Gail falls in the water. Um, She falls through a flap. She falls through a flap, okay. Um, She lands in the water (laughs) and is visibly terrified when she hits the water and everyone just thinks that it's hilarious until she's eventually attacked by what appears to be a rubber crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I see somebody fall in water... In a, in a jungle situation, I just think of those fish that swim up your urethra. <laughs> of course you do. I'd be like, nah, I'm gonna. I would be scared out of my fucking mind if I, I don't know, not even <laughs> concerned about anacondas if I fell in a fucking river in the jungle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would die instantly, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of that urethra fish has something that would completely occlude me from jumping into that water to help her. I'd have, I'd have to let her die. <laughs> Silver is to the last. <laughs> Bill uh, is the kind of hero of the hour here. He jumps. Oh, he, he, he jumps in and uh, and uh, and kills the crocodile with his hunting slash shaving like, knife. Like riding it, riding the fucking alligator slash crocodile, whatever it is, like a fucking bull, mechanical bull. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it may very well be a mechanical bull with a crocodile skin on it, just in very shallow water. <laughs> That's actually a great way to shoot that. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm always thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, full of ideas. I think it's really funny as well that uh, 
this obviously from a writing perspective was all getting a little bit too exciting what you get after that is some expositional chat about the bureaucracy of the research industry which <laughs> which feels like it takes forever um before kong returns good phew <laughs> Also, because, um, and again, I kind of feel like, see a lot of the early beats here when they're kind of first getting on the boat and traveling. I think a lot of it, like, very closely mirrors the first act of Anaconda. Sure, sure, yeah, 100%. And there's, like, they kind of do, like, some absolutely furious sowing of seeds of romance here. In almost consecutive (laughs) scenes, they have, like, a little bit of sexual tension between uh, Sam and Bill, and then a little bit of sexual tension between Sam and Jack, and then a little bit of sexual (laughs) tension between Gail and Gordon. And I was just like, wow, any combination of people could end up fucking on this boat. (laughs) I also felt like Kong had a bit of a thing for Gail, and it's kind of confirmed at the end. (laughs) Oh, and he's, like, loving her, stroking her lovingly on the boat. Yeah, when the monkey gets his women at the end. (laughs) When he gets the girl. Oh my god. I think the jungle wait, does Owen Wilson say this in the first movie? <laughs> Something about the jungle making you horny? Oh yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, that yeah. does ring a bell. Yeah. And again, by the way, no one is complaining in the slightest about the mosquitoes, which would be absolutely ravaging them. Yeah, uh, I think also partially because um, we don't have a character, I don't think that we have a particular mirror of the character from the first one. Remember, like, the, like, host or, like, head documentarian guy, the English guy, the kind of, like, very foppish English guy who spends the entire film kind of, like, fawning about the conditions. Uh, The closest we get is Gail when she's kind of in her cabin and looking around and she doesn't like what she sees. Like, she has a look at the latrine and things like that and she... I don't know what the fuck she was expecting, but uh, yeah, she doesn't like what she's got. I suppose that's the closest. Yeah, I suppose so. Does Kong make it back before like the shit is the fan? Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, li- yeah, literally the only thing that Kong misses is the flashpoint with the alligator slash crocodile. <laughs> um, I, I think that that's the, the on- crocodile. that's the only thing that uh, that Kong's not around for because he's definitely around for the fact that we find out there's quite a lot of heavy uh, flooding going on and the weather conditions carries the boat past their turn off and over a waterfall. When I realised this was about to happen, I wrote down, I will be furious if everyone survives. <laughs> well, first of all, you glossed over, uh, what the fuck is his name? Ben the Psycho Doctor dude who will do anything to get to his blood organ. Oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, it's, no, it's Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jack. Jack pays Bill, you know, to, to like go for go the dangerous route, even though he doesn't want to. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, God, that's really important. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was, I was falling over myself to get over this waterfall. It's all Jack's fault. Wait, yeah. Jack? Which one is Jack? Which one is Ben? Okay, Ben is the other dude. Got it. Ben's the Ben's, Ben's the creepy guy. Ben's the Hispanic guy. Characters. Yeah, no, but Ben's the creepy one. Bill is the alpha male guy. Too late. Yeah, Cole is the kind of brains, and Jack, yeah, is the yeah the guy who ends up the, the kind of the villain of the piece eventually. Yeah, well done, Mitch, for uh, pointing them all out without touching on their uh, ethnicity. Uh, yeah, when we get to the point where um, they head over this kind of the waterfall, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be the like first casualty moment. Um, presumably, uh-huh. someone's going to die. Uh, no one does. No, and again, <laughs> defying gravity. They all survive a boat going over a waterfall. Up, upstream, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was not thrilled about this. The monkey's on that boat when it goes over. It doesn't die. Nope. Uh, no one dies. <laughs> that is an incredibly high waterfall. They would be pummeled to pieces by the debris of the boat. There's a, there's a high waterfall and a hard-wearing monkey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Although once the boat crashed all in pieces, I was like, okay, that's how this movie is going to be different than the first one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Now they have to. Now they're on foot in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there isn't a boat crash until the the la- later stages of the first film. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! In another scene that did kind of remind me of the first film, though, um, they're kind of talking about how they're going to re-strategize and reroute um, yeah. to get to where they're going, and they're talking about basically they're going to have to have like a two-day hike to get to where they're going, unless we, unless well, Bill says that he's going to in- like enlist the services of his friend John, like we say, a, a, a very Australian caricature. Yeah, I think that I think that the way that he's built up when you see this kind of like they talk about him and they have this protracted phone conversation with him and stuff like that, I was one hundred percent certain that he was going to become a main player. I know he even says this like super like what does he mean by he's like my wife is long gone and laughs about it yeah. <laughs> and you're like yeah. what what does that mean did he murder his wife. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> he, he says that line and then it cuts to a case with a gun in it. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, well, exactly. What was the point of making us think he was a murderer and all and all this, and then he just gets killed? <laughs> yeah, he's point absolutely pointless character. The only because to me, when they mentioned him, I was like, all right, cool. At least they have another avenue for a boat, and then that'll be us set. We'll be on another boat. We'll be heading downstream, and everything will be fine. But they literally do not step foot on the second boat. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we we just watched the second boat crash. Another boat crash. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there's an interesting moment where um, they're kind of salvaging stuff from the boat. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all picking stuff up. And the monkey is helping. The monkey is running around really happily <laughs> collecting a torch from the water. <laughs> Don't give the monkey jobs. He isn't a crew member, he's a wild animal. He would just as soon nibble on, he would just as soon chew off your genitals. Wait, before we go, we forget about this second captain guy. I have an important note that every like every cap him and Bill when they're like at the steering wheel of their boats, they're like both drinking liquor out of a bottle <laughs> like yeah. apparently all captains of boats are drunk on this river and yep, we yep. wonder why there's so many boat crashes in these films <laughs> everyone's fucking wrecked these rivers really would not be that unsafe if people were more responsible yeah they're all living like pirates they're so drunk and also like doesn't it feel like every character in this movie is literally from a different country oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah they yeah. have like extremely distinct accents from different places yeah, they've it's... done that thing like uh, uh, Captain Planet where they've pulled just like every single ethnicity together into this one kind of melting pot it's a total like Benetton ad thing <laughs> it's a Benetton ad <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the visual that you get here when um, they're uh, they're kind of out and they're doing this kind of this big hike and they're walking waist deep through a mangrove. A mangrove. Yes, yeah. that shit would be scary as hell in real life. I would be scary as hell. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get some more uh, uh, good monkey acting here because we see a monkey's eye view of the mangrove. <laughs> uh, monkey's eye view. <laughs> and we can see. Uh, that while our heroes are kind of wading through this swamp, uh, there is yeah, a... dude. I got so mad when Bill was like telling the monkey to shut up, and I'm like, he's <laughs> trying to warn you about the fucking snake, <laughs> the enormous fucking snake that shouldn't be there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so true. It's like cut it out, Kong. It's like, mate, are you fucking stupid? Like the monkey's obviously terrified. Yeah, monkey is smart as fuck, and it's trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think Gong's trying to tell us something now. It's probably nothing. <laughs> Stupid Gong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Ben, rapey Ben, uh, is uh, dispatched pretty quickly here. Um, yeah, not a moment too soon. I was not sorry to see Ben go. By the way, just quickly, uh, did anyone notice the size of Bill Johnson's machete? <laughs> <laughs> no. It is hilarious. It is like a scimitar. I guess it's like a golf club. <laughs> It's it's about four feet long, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's time for Ben to go. At this point, he gets dragged underwater while uh, doing a kind of bad Jaws bit. Oh, don't bring! And I was furious here. Don't bring Jaws into this. Leave Jaws out of your this film. Um, I think that it's great when he's like, yeah, because he's savaged by a snake that really does look like it's escaped from like a PlayStation Two adventure game. <laughs> Um, snake effects oh, yeah. not aging so well here unfortunately most of the snake in this movie is CG not great I don't think there's a single is there a single snake puppet no I do think when we saw when we get to that tribe the tribe's like the big dead, the big base, dead one there's like a yeah a dead one I'm like oh the first practical snake maybe <laughs> yeah that's sitting somewhere around the hour mark also, right after this, Bill Johnson and his infinite wisdom being the man of the world that he is, the king of the river, uh, he says, look, these snakes, they're massive predators, they're apex predators, they absolutely categorically won't be another one around for miles, when there shouldn't be any. Uh, I'm going to keep banging that drum. <clears throat> but also, um, we know, sat at home, that the title is a plural, so we know that there are <laughs> way, way more giant snakes to come. Yeah, and he's like... Even just says how, that it takes so long 
for them to digest that they'll will be fine. Bill, it'll take him a while to eat. Bill or Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Just, God damn these names in this movie. They're I, the most basic ass names. That's Bill, what Mitch Sam, Jack, Ben. Yeah. Like, give me a fucking break. The most complex name is Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gordon, I think, is the only one in there who gets a second syllable. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I got really annoyed about this because I kept writing the name. I kept writing the wrong names down in uh, my notes. And I, yeah. Was anyone really surprised when Gordon died? Because I, I had Gordon down as the protagonist. Jumping ahead a little bit, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I passed the point I cared about jumping ahead, Mitch. But I had him down. I was very surprised. That was that. The, the film flipped the script on me a little bit there. I was blown away. But wait, rewind. The scariest part of the movie is when we saw, back to I think where we are, Cole's back covered in leeches. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is a very I was like, fuck no, when I knew that's what we were going to see. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. That's, it's <laughs> infinitely scarier than any snake stuff that you get in this, I would say. <laughs> By the way, did anyone notice we also get just the only hint to the original film just round about this time? Oh, okay. When Cole's freaking out and he says, uh, these snakes, like, uh, uh, I know a guy who knows a guy who knew a guy uh, who knows this documentary crew that went to the Amazon and they all get eaten by snakes. Oh, shit. That's it. That's, Anaconda. That's literally the only reference to I- Yep. To the first one. Aye, it's the only attempt that's made to bridge the two at all. That was added, that was got to be a scene that was added later when they decided that this was actually going to be a sequel. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be kind of curious about that, actually, if this was conceived as an Anaconda uh, sequel. I would say no. They just added the snake in. <laughs> <laughs> I think the snake. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just called The Hunt for the Blood, blood Orchid, and they added the Anaconda. It was a romantic drama about scientists. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the forbidden love between a woman and a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right after, yeah, after the sequence, we kind of like they have quite a lot. Like this is the first kind of like kind of unrest in the camp, uh, where they kind of start having arguments about the merits of whether or not they want to keep going, um, or not, and that kind of thing. I think at this point they'd resolve to do so. Um. While this is going on, uh, we do lose John, the Australian guy. Uh, John, we hardly knew ye. He, he he gets dragged he gets dragged off a boat um and I think that this is a really lame death but also this reminded me that there are a few things I hate more in films than people badly acting drunk Was he badly acting drunk? Yeah, he's kind of like um he's kind of like stu- he's kind of like stumbling around and swigging from a whiskey bottle and he drops it and he and it breaks and he kind of curses at it and stuff like that before he dies it was yeah <laughs> But yeah, an, incon- an inconsequential character, an inconsequential death, but it's afforded so much ceremony. <laughs> uh, we are uh, round about this time as well. Crucial plot point introduced to the stone spider, which will oh, yeah. come back countless times. Yeah, Chekhov spider. Chekhov spider, indeed, Mitch. Yeah, this spider plays an, an, an integral part in the proceedings <laughs> of the film from this point on, to the point that it feels very much like it was stolen by Topher Grace's character in Predators. I'll have to trust you on that. Uh, Jill, I think that like the film hits a wall momentum-wise majorly here. Not that like I was particularly invested in it up to this point, but like I think that, <laughs> see, there's a lot of incredibly meandering dialogue around from there's about a 20 minute spell where in between certain events just like i think that all you're getting is kind of science of the blood orchid science of the spider yeah. tribe mythology but wait <laughs> i love they're like on their way to this to find that tribe and at some point bill's telling them about the snakes <laughs> and he says tells them about how that it's it tells them it's mating season and then, and then cole says you're telling me there's some snake orgy in the jungle <laughs> <laughs> but he says it like through tears like he's terrified <laughs> it's like ridiculous line i've ever heard in my life <laughs> that's a good example of a couple like uh, there's a couple of times in this film where uh, things happen i can't remember which death it is but at some point somebody gets dragged away by a snake and you get this close-up of a shocked monkey expression from kong and it's things like that <laughs> and like what you've just described where um i think it's like you're like, there's no way that this can't be played for laughs. <laughs> you see, have you ever seen one of those weird, gross snake fuckball things where they're all like get rallying around trying to have sex with one female snake? It's really horrible. Like, it travels miles. They roll about like crazy. 
And when I actually saw that, or when I heard that bit was coming, I was like, oh, this is a massive plot point. This is going to happen. We're going to get to see these snakes in this big fuckball. Like, kind of like at the end of Critters 2 when they all turn into a big ball and kind of run rampage across the countryside. But, yeah, there's like four snakes at the end and they're just kind of languidly fucking. <laughs> they're not even putting any effort into no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's like, but I feel like that line that you telling me there's some snake orgy like it, that sounds like the the fucking ice cube line that's like what does he say like you telling me there's snakes out there this big or something like that <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> definitely definitely um yeah I think we, t- we touched on this earlier but at this point they go to they walk to like a low pack village and uh I think yeah, for a film that's full of kind of like weird and not particularly convincing visuals, this one is really cool. The kind of dead snake that's been kind of split open with the legs sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the best moments in the film. There's a very famous uh, photo. I think it's like a big reticulated python that's eating someone in, in this village and then the, the villagers have caught the snake and cut the snake open. Um, and there's a photo of human legs sticking out this snake in this village. So yeah, it's it's a cool visual in the photograph, and it's a pretty cool visual in this film. One of the one of the better things. Yeah, is this where um they figure out that like <laughs> the fucking chemical from the blood orchid is in the system of or like that the snakes have been eating it, and that's why they are this big and been living this long. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> that point in the exactly film. Like <laughs> we learn this is the most important moment. Of course, the snakes are using this this drug that they've been after the whole time. Um, I think that as a way to marry those two points together, I think that this is fine. I think that this is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> it is. It's Im- impressive because, you know, when the movie was just called Blood Orchid, <laughs> they had to add the snakes in there like, well, how will the snakes connect to this story? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it turns out that they're like, yeah. like their kind of nest is covered in blood orchids. Mm-hmm. By the way, in this scene in the Lopat village, again, Kong's got jobs to do. He's carrying stuff. <laughs> yeah, they start building a boat. Yeah, and he's nope. like putting, I don't know, nails in or something. I feel like um, Jack just gets progressively evil here, like, quickly. <laughs> um, like, he's... he's- do anything, kill anybody for this fucking blood organ. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that like um he he goes from kind of like mildly determined to uh kind of soldier on and see how this goes to being like exterminating everyone around him that restricts him <laughs> from becoming the master. Uh like absolutely like zero to sixty, like in like one scene. <laughs> Do you know what I love? Uh, there's a moment in this uh, low pack village where they're all kind of they're chilling out before they decide to head out, and uh, we get a shirtless Bill Johnson shaving with a knife. Oh um, my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's and then like Sam walks up to him and is just casually talking to him. I'm like, are they gonna do it or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene. I oh, we also- they blew it. We also learn that he's a mercenary with a heart, Mitch. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> that whole scene is shot like, I don't even know, a mix between a porno and a so- and like a soap opera. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I think, see, when, uh, when Bill is kind of standing there and she's like, oh, what does your tattoo mean? And he's like, oh, it means new, be- it means new beginning in Korea. And I was like, oh, God. God, it's like, it's like it's, I kind of get the impression that if Bill had a Tinder profile, he would be ah! like, he would have like a Machu Picchu travel photo and he would have a picture of him sitting next to a sedated tiger and like shirtless gym selfies. He'd be like archety- archetypal like Tinder douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's all very much reeks of uh, Bill using his manliness uh, in a way to get him some uh, sex. Hey, if you've got it. Don't get me wrong, the guy looks alright when he's shut off. But no one shaves with a knife. It's impractical. (laughs) No one shaves with a knife. Especially not a knife that big. The same knife that he killed the crocodile with. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, Gordon Gordon tries to like properly intervene and kind of bring this entire thing to an end. And I think this is yeah, this is kind of where Jack kind of has his full heel turn. He uh, paralyzes him with Chekhov's spider. See, I find, like, even though that this is obviously, like, this has 
come at the end of a, a protracted argument and I think a, a fairly boring argument about whether or not they should turn around. Yeah, one of the worst face-offs I've seen. When he snaps and poisons him with a spider and then Gordon also gets eaten by the spider while the shocked Kong Gets looks eaten on. by the spider. No, by the, by the uh, <laughs> snake, I apologise. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, while Kong looks on, I remember thinking, I was like, God, this really should feel like a massive turning point and I find this unbelievably non-compelling. <laughs> and it's like a great setup for a kill scene because that would be terrifying to be like paralyzed and just watching this happen to you. <laughs> Maybe because ex- at that point in the movie you're like, is this going to be over soon? <laughs> I, I, would, I would never say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, Jill, but, you would be right. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be wrong because me and you. I think it's fair to say we were flagging by this point, Mitch. Yeah, I think I. I, I was. It's actually funny you should say that. I think this probably was around the time where I was like, how long is there left on this thing again? But um, I was fully expecting Gordon to make a triumphant return, much like um, when Paul Cerrone is regurgitated. I was expecting him to kind of come hacking his way out of an anaconda's stomach, like something at a sharpnado. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of had a feeling that was maybe kind of that was going to happen too. But no, he's gone. Yep, just <laughs> yeah. dead. Sucked down like a hot dog. Just plain old dead. Yep. And Jack steals the raft while everyone runs back trying to save him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is which is pretty strong move on Jack's part. But yeah, um, Jack is gonna break for it. He's uh, he's breaking for the blood orchid, and they eventually decide to kind of take a kind of shortcut and head him off. Yeah, they decide. Yeah. Look, he's on the river, so uh, if we just kind of cut across the land, we'll catch him where the river curves back round. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they say something like, "We find that flower, we find the raft," and I'm like, "That." flower is there only one flower in one spot (laughs) (laughs) apparently it was all just in that one little spot yep yep (laughs) Yep. like if you find that one presumably very easy to find flower you find the raft (laughs) do you know as well at this point it feels like they're just adding stuff it's just set piece after set piece but it's not really getting anywhere because like there's no there's no real stakes, there's no tension. I, I was amazed that the body count by this point in the film was so low and there were so many people still alive. They don't mess around with this though. I mean, like they do start catching up pretty quick because uh, when they fall into the when they fall into the cave full of skeletons. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, Tran is next in line to get anaconda yeah, yeah, yeah. Anaconda. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, he's gone. Um, this is not looking good. Uh, Cole is next in line to get uh, Anaconda, but he's freed by Bill in yet another display of alpha male manliness, yeah, uh, <laughs> by throwing that same crocodile slaying and face-shaving knife. <laughs> if that knife could speak. I think that the knife is the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, they'd all be fucked. No. Then Sam ends up saving that situation. Hold on, mid-situation, remember, she fucking chops the the anaconda's head off that was about to get cold, and we're all like, oh, okay, everything's fine now, and then another anaconda fucking gets cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, the the sheer number of notches on that blade. This is the greatest knife ever. Yeah, seen some things. Yeah. No question. Um, Jack finds the blood orchid very quickly. I think there's actually like once we kind of like know what the final confrontation is going to be, the film does not fuck around in getting to it. No, he steps off the boat and it's right in front of him. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's literally the first thing he sees when he gets up. Yeah, but and then they just immediately show up right behind him. Like they turn up, like their plan to head him off works out to the minute. They're already there when he gets there because <laughs> they're watching him. They're like, ah. Oh. Look at him, he's found his flowers. But of course, though, like, the flowers are across this beautifully designed log that goes across the uh, sex, the, the orgy of snakes. <laughs> you mean the, the snaky sex pit? The snaky sex pit, yes. Yeah, which is kind of the kind of main boss of this kind of final confrontation, which I was kind of willing to end as soon as it started. <laughs> it's extremely beleaguered. Uh, it does take a while. Um... But Jack kind of, uh, he starts getting Sam to kind of like gather the blood orchids and do the kind of heavy lifting of it at knife point. Uh, whip, uh, no, <laughs> at gunpoint, at gunpoint, sorry, at gunpoint. Uh, pistol whips Bill, uh, knocks him. him out. Yep. Uh, there is, um, I think that when the kind of struggle goes on here, there is a lot of what I have described as interchangeable fisticuffs. <laughs> where I kind of feel like everyone's fighting with everyone. Well, this is what I've written. Fighting snakes, monkey spiders, fighting orchids, and fighting. <laughs> and fighting. 
And all of us, uh, I, I included monkeys in there because every now and again, just I guess just to tell us how we should be feeling, uh, we see Kong's face in a series of shock, fright, anger, just kind of running all the emotions really that you can get from a, a paid monkey. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. He's the avatar for the audience. Yeah, it's yeah. been this entire time. He's telling you how to feel. Yep. Uh, Jack also here, hoisted by his own petard, paralyzed by the spider. Um, kind of his undoing in the end. We saw uh, that. We saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, he uh, drops the orchid, falls in the sexy snake pit. <laughs> 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 see, at this point, so Sam falls in there as well. She eventually gets out. Um, see, when Gale shouts at the snake, I'm over here, bitch. Uh, it just made me think that, like, over the years with monster movies of every description, I feel like Smile, You Son of a Bitch has a lot to answer for. Right. I, I feel like it opened the floodgates for a lot of terrible lines like this when people were addressing monsters or giant creatures. Okay, are you including, are you including the end up aliens in that? Yeah. Have you seen aliens? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a thing, a cheesy thing to do at the end of a horror movie. You say this line before you kill the, the main villain. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're kind of kiss offline. By the way, at this point as well, we get an absolute clusterfuck of CG nonsense. Yeah, I find this pretty disorientating. Yeah, yeah, there's just all kinds of flickering digital snakes and things that don't quite look correct, things that are weird colours and they're, they're, they, don't, they don't even seem like they're even included in the grade. <laughs> it's like they've been added at, like, like you said, Jill, uh, when they decided to add snakes into the film about a monkey trying to find some flowers. <laughs> First of all, it was never a charming romantic movie. <laughs> it was still a thriller in my eyes about a blood, the blood orchid. Right, right, a thriller, right, you right. see. Okay, yeah. I feel like until this scene, though, with this, like, with the amount that they show the snake, they like were tr- like trying to not, like, kind of just barely show the snake. I felt like it because they knew it didn't look that great. <laughs> but then we come to this scene, and it's like. Here we go. Just stare right at this bit. <laughs> Take a long, hard look. <laughs> right. I went like how the snake is eventually defeated here. I, I had you to glanced away. I had yeah. I glanced I don't away. <laughs> I do. Unfortunately, I remember how the snake is dispatched, and it's ludicrous. Um. So one eats a canister of petrol. Um, yes. I, I don't know why it eats the whole canister of petrol, but it does. There is an attempt made to shoot it with a pistol, which jams, and then Cole produces a flare gun and shoots the snake in the mouth, causing it, as you would imagine, to erupt into flames. It topples backwards into the sex pit. Uh huh. Something explodes. I missed what exploded. It could have just been snakes, but it seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> snakes are so combustible. <laughs> Those dynamite snakes. <laughs> In fairness, I'm pretty sure that JLo is chased by a flaming snake at the end of the first Anaconda. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're, you're right. So the snakes explode. There's a, a landslide and parts of the pit are kind of toppling in. One snake makes a vain attempt to escape and is crushed under fallen debris. End of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they've definitely completely wrapped this all up. All the snakes have been buried under the earth. (laughs) (laughs) No chance for Anaconda 3. No, no, no. I'm sure that that never did happen in the fullness of time. Uh, You you had a way more detailed recollection of that than I did in my notes, which I had the snake ingests petrol, then gets shot in the mouth by coal and explodes, boat ride home. Oh my god, the whole like world falls down on them. And I feel like they were sh- shooting like really close up, just like a tiny dirt hill and trying to make it look like a cliff. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 100%. <laughs> um, but then, okay, about the boat ride home, I feel like it's an important note that we never actually see them get to safety. Like, I guess maybe that's how the end of the first one is too. Like they're yeah. just on the boat and everything seems fine, but we never actually make it back anywhere. No. I think the last time we speculated that they may have in fact fallen foul to the angry tribesmen. Oh yeah, they were going to have to pass on the way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's fair. Well, we have to imagine that uh, all goes to plan. Uh, they've made it home. Bill continues to be sexy and manly. And... Uh, yeah, Gail and the monkey live happily ever after. Yep, <laughs> that's my, that's my assessment. That there, that is that shot where the the monkey is like petting Gail 
ever so lovingly. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so weird. It's such a weird choice. It's such a weird choice by the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> by the monkey. <laughs> the monkey was weirdly directed in that scene. Um, but yeah, with that, we're pretty much done on that creepy note. Wow. Jill, was this, <laughs> so was this a first watch for you too? It was. Okay. And uh, what are your feelings? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it definitely doesn't capture the magic of the first one. I think that's fair. It, it tries to, <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. You should still watch it if you're a fan of Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, why the hell not? Do you know there's some flickers of some good stuff in here? See if they just had a tiny bit more money. Some of the stuff that maybe doesn't work quite as well could have worked a little better, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I guess you could say that about anything if they just had a little bit more money. Yeah. Remember but, um, we had the uh, the like the exact number of how much they spent per like second on the CGI snake and for the first film. I would imagine that figure is significantly lower. <laughs> I was gonna say that would make for grim reading, that side by side comparison. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm pretty much the same as you guys on this one i think that like I, I don't think that this film is atrocious but i think it's very dull i think it's dull um, uh, dull's a good word it's dull and it's i'd say it's relatively inoffensive yeah I, 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 it's, yeah it's like it's like a, it's like a reasonable distraction but it's not much more than that i don't no. think no, yeah no, yeah no. but hey a few months down the line you know what we've got to look forward to yeah jill I, uh, how you feeling about doing all of these <laughs> We're doing all of them. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. We've committed to it. Yeah. Yeah. We said we do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Uh, Honestly, I can only, and I made a joke earlier about how things can only get better from here. I imagine that not to be the case. (laughs) I imagine that they go downhill pretty rapidly from here. I would say that's potentially true. If that's possible. I think we're already on, we're already on what is, what feels like quite a sharp slump. I think. You know what? I'm I'm excited for the ride down. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm here for it, and and I think what we need to do heading forward, guys, is that we don't look back to Anaconda. Okay. I feel like from this point on, Hunt for the Blood Orchid is our benchmark. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that's fair. I yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with because that. Because I feel, and I, I think feel, that seems that seems fair to me. By the way, also worth mentioning, 88 films, and uh, next week or the week after are putting out Anaconda 1 through 4 on special edition Blu-ray. Wow. Yeah. All three of us obviously need that in our lives. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, definitely. I've got it pre-ordered. It's already on the way. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) As if there was any doubt. Jill, by the time this airs, we will be on day two of Fright Fest 2019. Um, Which you're heading over for? Holy shit. Um, My new short film, One Last Meal, is going to make its international premiere there on Monday the 26th in the short film showcase three. Yep. And we will already be one day into the stylist feature film Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So give, give us all your money. We need to make this movie. <laughs> um, finally, I'm ready to make my first feature. We've been trying to make this for a while. Yeah. yeah. And now we're just ready to make it with a micro budget and get it done. So. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know kind of uh, the origins and about the stylus and stuff like that, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, it's it was a short film also that you can watch on YouTube or Vimeo now. Uh, same title, The Stylist. It played Fright Fest also in 2016, yeah. mm-hmm. festivals all over, and won quite a few awards. And But it's about a psychopathic hairstylist. She's very much inspired by Leatherface, um, very lonely character that wants an escape from herself. Mm-hmm. And... From the start, I always wanted to make this a feature. I just knew I needed more experience before I got to that place yet. So it's kind of like we have a basically a 15-minute trailer for the feature now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can go watch. I don't mind telling you, Joe. I think the stylist is great. And I think the uh, the jump from Call Girl to the stylist was amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I, I really love it, too. I'm really interested to see what can happen with a feature. Um, I think I actually I think I actually saw it in the shorts block at Fright Fest. Or I, think I, I, I think I saw it at Fright Fest the year it screened as well. I got sent it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but yeah, no, I, um, I'm going to get along to the, to the shorts block for that. I'm really looking forward to it. We will, for one last meal. 
Should I say? Yes, Game of course. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, we will share the hell out of the Kickstarter for the stylist. Of course we will. Of Let course people we take will. a look at it. And it's cool to see you going ahead and doing that now, Joe. I think that's that's excellent. Actually, it's really cool to see so many people that were kind of all playing festivals and stuff together now, now doing so, so much awesome stuff like yourself and Gigi. And yeah, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, that's why I love to go back to festivals. I just love the, the idea that you can almost attend any festival in the world and run into people you know, you know, from our from the filmmaker scene. It's so all over the world. It somehow is still very small a community. You know, that's tight. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I can't wait for a fright fest, and we'll be there right now. We're there, guys. You don't even. I can't even tell that I'm there right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably drunk. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, for anyone that's listening that's in the area as well, want to get wants to get along uh, on Monday and the short film block three at the Prince Charles. Uh, One last meal is playing, directed yep. by Jill, and of course starring <laughs> previous guest, previous two time guest on this show, Mr. Matt Mercer. And uh, yeah, yes, indeed, yeah, he will be there too because yep. um, he has another film showing Bliss that he helped produce. Yes, indeed, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And putting to rest, Mitch, the question of whether you were going to attend the shorts block or satanic, satanic panic. panic. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that. That was my biggest clash. That was my biggest clash of this whole thing. You guys are trying to start a real war between me and Chelsea. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just uh, throwing petrol on that anaconda. <laughs> I had the pleasure of seeing uh, Satanic Panic at Cinepocalypse in June, oh, yeah, and yeah. it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, see, yeah, see both movies somehow. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is what I have to do. Uh, Jill, it's been so much fun having you yeah, back on. Yeah, Jill, this has been fucking great. Thank you. I can't wait to meet you guys. Uh, Jill, where can people get you on social media? At Jill6, two X's all over the place, uh, at the stylist film. Yep. Oh, and sixtape.com. Great stuff. Yep. And of course, like we said, check out the stylist. It's out there, it's everywhere, and it's definitely really worth your time. Yeah, consider yeah. chipping in as well. Yeah, and chuck some chuck some money into the pot and help Joe get this thing made. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you, Joe. And we'll see you for uh Anaconda three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get ready. What a pleasure to have Jill back. Oh, unbridled pleasure. Yeah. Big yeah. thank you to Jill Gavagasian. I was going to say for uh, bringing Anaconda 2 to the table, I suppose she only very indirectly did that. We forced it very much upon her. Yeah, I'm going to say that we arrived at the idea by consensus. <laughs> kind of. Fair, fair. But okay. yeah, that was a blast. And don't forget, yeah, if you are heading to Fright Fest this weekend or if you're in the London area and want to go check this out and go support it, then by all means, get yourself a ticket for Shorts Block 3 at the Prince Charles Cinema on Monday. Yes. Go catch uh, One Last Meal, directed by Jill, starring Matt Mercer from our Halloween 6 and Ravenous episodes. Yep, and uh, our pal Katie Bonham has a new film there, Midnight. Midnight, yeah, um, which I'm really, really excited to see also fair play to her for just making that in secret and not telling anyone yeah that's something that very much appeals to me yes i'm I'm very much an advocate for that that way there's all that pressure and expectations kind of gone yep you can just kind of make something the way you want to make it and get it out there and everything's a bonus from the minute you put it out there because no one no one knew it was coming yep and full, I think that's fucking brilliant and full of admiration for that kudos to Katie for doing that as well yeah. yeah and of course don't forget if you want to go check out Jill's short The Stylist you can it's everywhere we'll post links to it and all that kind of stuff and don't forget um, if you can't make it to the shorts block or if there's something else on that you would rather go to Satanic Panic is on at the same time as yeah, the shorts. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chelsea Stardust film. Yeah, previous guest on this show. Yes. Very, very recently. Also, uh, on that day, I believe, uh, Paddy Murphy's film. The Perish. From our Jason Goes to Hell episode, Paddy. Yes. Yeah, The Perish, that's showing too. Yep, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, Laurie Brewster's For We Are Many, which also has uh, segments in it by Paddy. And Mitch Wilson, who's also been on the show. <laughs> And Abner Pastels, a good woman is hard to find, is it's closing, closing the it. festival yeah. on that day. And um, the Soskis Rabid is playing, and Tristan Risk's in that, and she's been on when we did Masters of the Universe. Fucking hell. There are so many guests of ours featuring on the lineup on, on that Monday. On that Monday. Jesus Christ, we should have had a live show that day, Mitch. Yeah, 
Feels yeah. like that would have been appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well. Ah, well. There's Sir Lovey. Yeah, there's always next year. Yes. <laughs> and a quick reminder that if you do want to go check out Jill's previous work, a lot of it is on Vimeo, you can check out The Stylist. Yeah. Which uh, is a really, really awesome short. I'm a big fan of it. And if you do like it, then uh, do consider checking out Kickstarter and maybe thinking about throwing a little bit of money behind getting this feature made. Yeah, and uh, Call Girl and Grammy are out there as well. Oh, yeah, of you, course. You can nice. check them out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. There's so much stuff for you to go and do. And I, th- I believe 42 Counts is also available yes. on the- Alter. Yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, Alter. That's right. That's the platform that's appeared yeah. on. So there's loads of ways you can go check out Jill's stuff, and I highly recommend that you do that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, and Jill's stuff is a, a great example of a filmmaker kind of finding their style and finding their stride. Yeah, I I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. A very very good kind of progression through mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, we're done for another one. Ah, <sighs> and uh, we are back on Monday with what I'm predicting will be a weird minisode. <laughs> yeah, because we might as well head this up now. I don't believe I will be attending Fright Fest, and I'll be there you will be there so this is going to have to be a i think it's fair to say i'm going to have to prepare myself for a hungover mitch bain yes yeah i would say that that is there's a better than average chance that that will be the case we're going to have to do a skype yes it'll have to be a skype job um yeah but we'll make it work we generally do we literally always do never missed it at least never missed it never missed it yeah yeah and we're not about to start now i agree yeah but uh join us then if you can we'll be uh doing all the usual stuff uh we will probably be talking a little bit about the festival sure uh Mm -hmm. we will be charting my progress through the shockwaves 100 god knows when i'm gonna fit that in but i'm gonna do it uh also talking about what i've been watching and playing another round of mitch's pitches of course sure sure what would a monday be without it exactly you want to get in touch with us about any of this you can facebook and instagram are strong language violent scenes you can tweet us as well it's Violent PC or email scenes at gmail.com. And why not jump over to our website? Yes. Strongviolentpod.com. Yeah, it's looking um, good. Looking creep fancy. around there, find all the places that we can listen, which will stop me from having to say them every week. Yeah, do you want to do that for safety or do you want to just leave it? I'll still do it this time. I'll okay. still do it. Um, but yeah, you can find out live dates there as and when they're mentioned. You can buy merchandise from there. Uh, a whole raft of things coming to that website in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Still yeah. very new, and thanks to our pal Tony Constantino for putting that together. Yeah, at Rubar and Mince, go follow him. Yeah. So, Andy, where can people listen? Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tons of places, but check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and our home, our hosts, the heroes, the legends, the kings on the hill. That are pod The kings of the river. <laughs> Yeah. We will be back on Monday for Minisode 67. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 